Well, you let me know if you ever get thirsty. Maybe for episode eight, that can be your treat, some water. Thanks so much. Thank you. No, <laughs> I'm quite treasure. spoiled right now. You really are. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> are we going? Oh, wait, we've been going for about oh, 15 minutes. Hi there. Just drinking my lukewarm iced chai latte that I've made for Dan and I out of some bamboo straws. <laughs> Rate the drink now. Three, two, Rate it. one. Out of ten, go. Come to your head. Uh, I'd say 6.5. <laughs> oh, my God. Only because... My I, heart is in bits right now. <laughs> I like almond milk a lot, but I also like chai. And I feel like there's more milk than chai right now. Did you see the effort I went to decanting it from the <laughs> cups to the jug? Guys, I had a front row seat. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was chai all over my kitchen floor. Is it worth it? I think so. And and you say you've got lots left. I've got a whole other jug left, yes. Oh, good. So good, I'm going to dispense that if, if you get good facts. I wonder whether instead of pouring a whole mug of hot water mm. into a tea bag... <laughs> <laughs> You're coming after my logistics here, but yeah, let's hear it. Let me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> Would you have poured an entire mug of black coffee into no, that'd an iced coffee? that'd be so stupid. <laughs> Who would do that? Me. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you learn something every day. Welcome back, guys. I'm uh, I'm sorry that you can only hear us and not see us. We're actually having a lovely day. It's beautiful. We've got the window cracked open. Birds are around. Not in the room, obviously, but sun's streaming in and it's uh, it's a good day. Margot met me at the park, which was very nice. <laughs> I did. I actually wanted to campaign to have our first outdoor podcast recording. <gasps> I would love that. I wondered if the noise would be too much, but it's a beautiful day. I think if it's a nice day, we just take all your electricals to the park. I bring the picnic and the chai latte situation and we can just, you know. I tell you what, we'll leave this computer out for about half an hour it'd be so hot you could crack an egg on it great we can do a little fry up you know people actually used to do that with their land rovers when they drive places because the engine would get so hot that the bonnet would be the prime cooking that's when surface. you know you're like at the like edge of a mental breakdown is when you start cooking eggs. you know what angela i just need to pull over <laughs> this truck right now and crack an egg <laughs> that's like you need to seek help which is good well even better it had a removable front grill so you could take that bit out and then put it on top of the bonnet a camp is heaven mm. queen how was your easter my easter was very good very good well, your we eyes both, just lit up i was just reminiscing oh um, <laughs> little sun fun, fun mood today um no, it was great. I had a lovely weekend. I went up to my partner's parents uh, who weren't there. So it was just us and their house. There's something lovely about realizing that even if you don't have properties in multiple places, you probably know people <laughs> with a property somewhere. So technically it's yours. <laughs> don't take advantage too many times, but you can do it about once every, I'd say, seven months. Okay. And you've got free sofas worldwide. Mm. Did you feel like you were kind of like responsible for the house? You're like, hey, this is now mine and I've been trusted with it. So... Yeah, I'm going to fluff the pillows. Yeah, I'm going to wipe down the sink after I finished using it. A little bit because it was immaculate when we arrived. And we yeah. Were, and I actually took a hoover out and pushed it around <laughs> afterwards. Risky business. Love that. I just thought, you know, we've brought mud in, you know, just, just do the right thing. Good house guest manners. Mm. I don't know if I had any real insights from that weekend away. It was just so good to be outside because mm. it was such nice weather. In the sun. Um, oh, yeah. Although my my kneecaps always get quite uh, quite rosy. In fact, at some point, <laughs> I'll show you a photo. Rosy kneecaps. There's a, there's a photo of me in Malta, and I'm just like, I've got my eyes closed, and I'm looking up towards the sun, but my hands are over my knees because <laughs> <laughs> they were susceptible the to The PTSD of getting it burnt. Yeah, horrible. Do you, I feel like this is a thing where, like, we're told in our day and age, wear sunscreen, protect your face. 
um, you know, and that's really important. But I'm also like, there is something so nice about going out in the sun. And I'm a bit like, well, I don't like the sun that much. I'll go like not the strong sun. Like I'm yeah. used to like Australian burn your eyeballs off sun, like scary sun. Whereas here it's like, it's a gentle, like little kiss on the neck. Whereas like Australian sun is like, someone's just like made you in the back of your head and you're like, what the yeah. hell? Well, I've never experienced sun quite as strong as that. But I think uh, when you're not used to it, especially mm. as someone who lives underground, um, <laughs> Any sunshine is very much appreciated. I felt the same thing. I felt like the sun just made me really calm and just brings out the best in people. Mm. Sun equals fun. I actually lied to you before. I did have an insight from that trip away. Oh, wow. Here we go, guys. Uh, my insight for this week is one of active relaxation, which took me an age to remember what it was. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's a term that I've coined over the last few years for when instead of procrastinating by like watching The Office while kind of doing your work, while also like trying to have a conversation with your grandma on the phone, Great. instead you just say, actually, I'm not going to feel bad for procrastinating. I'm just going to spend the next hour relaxing. And when you do that, by the end of that hour, you feel so much better and probably you're going to be more productive when you get back to your work. So in a similar way, imagine that you go to an office and you work in a very busy environment or you've got lots of people talking or there's a baby crying outside or whatever. Not going to be as productive in the same four hours as you would be if you worked in whatever your perfect work environment is. What would that be here? No, this makes me do all the other things you were talking about before. Uh, I'd say in like a quiet space where there's like two or three people getting things done. Okay, excellent. So imagine that instead. In four hours, you're going to get a lot more done. Mm -hmm. So this weekend, I just decided I wasn't going to reply to any emails. I wasn't going to try and think about other things. I was just going to relax actively. And that's one of the good things about going away to someone else's house because you don't have the same responsibilities. Even though you want to keep it clean, it was clean when you arrived, so you don't have like the housework. You can just leave it as it was in its state. Yeah, you don't have to do, well, you might want to do a little food shop, but you don't have to plan for mm. loads of things the week ahead or whatever. It's a holiday. It, it's a holiday, exactly. But it's so true what you're saying about like carving out time to procrastinate and actually allowing yourself to go, this is not procrastination, this is instead active relaxation. Yeah, it's a clever rebranding of the, of I exactly like the same that. thing. I'll tell you something else. If you're ever falling asleep and you think, oh, I just can't sleep, I've got so much going on in my brain right now, just like in your head say to yourself, you're allowed to fall asleep right now. Like no one's expecting you to be awake. And I've done this several that's times. That's quite nice. And I'm like, you know what? I can fall asleep. I'm allowed. Like, can I just say something though? Yeah. I've had at least three people who have contacted me and said, can you get Dan? to record a meditation sleep track. I'm not kidding. They literally are like, I want him to tell me to go to sleep. Wow. I think you've got quite a meditative, calming voice. Well, that sounds very nice. And I'm always trying to diversify. We can maybe do a whole episode on this. Uh, this, this is very fun. We can milk it. So Queen, my insight was... I mean, it's not that groundbreaking, but I had this moment where I'd come back from my holiday and I had seen someone who I had just watched on TV. Cool. So when I was younger, I watched a lot of Made in Chelsea when I was living in Australia because I thought, oh my God, this is this like perfect image of London. It's like so cool and cosmopolitan and they all wear such great clothes and there's so much drama, et cetera, et cetera. And then moving to London, I never thought that I would ever see them around. Mm. But obviously where I live, they all are kind of buying houses and filming around this area. Oh, so relatable. So, fuck. There will be 
like a mass unsubscription. Let's keep in mind I live in a little shoebox, but in the wider area of London, they all seem to congregate in this area. It's weird to see people that you see on TV and then you see them in the park and you suddenly have all these opinions of them. But anyway, I was seeing this guy who recently got, he recently lied about his friend cheating on this girl. So he was obviously protecting his friend. And I saw him in the park and I was like, you were so convincing to this poor girl who was asking you, did my boyfriend cheat on me? And he was like, no, God, he would never do that. Never. Like he loves you. Like, Mm. you know, I was so invested in this drama and I could just, I could feel this girl's pain and I could just see the desperation in her face. And then I saw him in the park and I just wanted to fly kick him in the neck. Like I was just... Oh, I was just so angry, but Mm. I was like, I have no right to feel this way towards this guy. Um, And then I had this feeling of like, okay, so he's clearly just been to the gym. Does he work or does he just rely on paid sponsorships or I don't know. It's a whole world that I'm just, I don't want to step into because I feel like I would just lose myself completely. It would be quite sad, wouldn't it, to realize that that is actually... That's what that is their payment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and the sponsorships they get through that. Mm. But then it must be hard as well because a lot of these people then go on to resume their lives and they have people like me who think they know these these, you know, other yeah. people and and then they get criticism for what they do. But I guess that's all part of the job. I guess so. I mean, it's a, a bit like uh, Daniel Radcliffe as well. In every acting job he got after Harry Potter, he was like there's just a massive chip on my shoulder now because I always think people hired me just because they saw me in Harry Potter and think I was this child star or whatever, which I think as a child star, it's more about who your parents are more connected with than it is you. Mm. Um, And obviously, like, you only need one great film franchise on your resume before, you know, you become employable by by everyone. Mm. Um, But for him, he would, like, actively try out for new roles. I mean, I guess you can't play a kid again. But anyway point being that uh, it, I think when you've been typecast as a particular type of character on on screen and that could include you know someone acting in a or just appearing in a reality TV show mm. um, you probably feel like you carry the weight of the drama that came with that rather than just I'm just a I'm just a regular person you guys it's true and also like the producers obviously play a part in kind of pushing these stereotypes and making them more, you know, they, they pick the vulnerabilities in these people and they, you know, kind of have complete control over how they're um, depicted, mm. um, which I think is <laughs> both sick and masterful. I think there's like a real power that these producers have, but also I know that a lot of them have said, the actors on the show have said that they'll kind of break the fourth wall and they'll look at the producer or they'll storm past the cameras and all of a sudden you realise, oh shit, they mm. are just filming in embargoes and they've hired that out and yeah. it, they're not filming at midnight, they're filming at midday and and probably what they're drinking is like a lemonade, not vodka lime and sodas. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd want to see... Uh, a hero of mine. I don't know if you can call them heroes of yours, but um, I don't think I'd want to see a, a, no. a person I really, really, truly respect just like out on the street no. for the first time. Although I did see Eddie Redmayne recently and he just seemed like a lovely guy. I didn't I didn't have any qualms about him at all. I think what we forget is that these people are just people. And I know they always say that, but like I remember on my 15th birthday, I was at a restaurant with my mum and dad in Sydney and Miranda Kerr and Orlando Bloom walk in. And I was kind of a fan of Miranda Kerr because I think she's gorgeous. 
but also she was a Victoria's Secret model and she's Australian and she's like, you know, got these little dimples and seems so cute and nice. Anyway, she was hand in hand with Orlando Bloom and I remember looking at her thinking, oh my God, she's so cool and effortless and I was kind of trying to time when she would go to the bathroom with when I would go to the bathroom. But then I remember thinking, but I don't want to interrupt her because you must get interrupted all the time and Mm. they're probably having a really nice lunch. So I had this like internal dialogue going on on my 15th birthday, like should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And I'm glad I didn't. Let's just put it at that because now I I have this image of her which is preserved and protected in my mind. I'm quite glad you said that because uh, when I was at university, there uh, there were several concerts that would happen and often you'd go up to people playing afterwards and a whole load of my friends and it's kind of the done thing even now which is like hey man uh, can i get a photo please and then they like pose and take really? a photo i specifically chose not to be in the photo <laughs> just on principle did you hold the jackets yeah <laughs> what i would rather do with that minute of time is be like i really liked this particular part of this show or what what inspired that particular like line or i don't know something something that's like you ask them a question that is actually like meaningful, not just like, can I stand next to you while someone takes a photo of us? Got you. Because the photo that that person would then get, it doesn't reflect a friendship with the artist. It doesn't reflect any kind of meaningful interaction. No. For both of you, you're just kind of like standing next to each other awkwardly, photo taken, off you go. Next person comes along. I can have a photo. Horrible. Weird. What's the point? Weird. I also don't really, I don't really get signatures either. Well, my mum was saying, we were talking about this the other day, and she was like, what do you do with a signature? You've got it, and then what? I guess that's the thing. It's the limited edition collectible. But are they doing that because they want to sell it? I feel like most people who are getting autographs are like, oh my God, I love this person. I want to own a little piece of them. Yeah, It's like it's almost like having ownership over these people. Mm. Like in the same way I wanted to fly kick that guy in the throat, that would be me having ownership of that situation, which had absolutely nothing to do with me. Yeah, you're so right. I remember my grandparents, one of the first concerts I performed, my grandparents were like, Daniel, could you could you sign this program, please? Stop, that's so cute. I was seven, I think. And uh, <laughs> they were like, you're going to be a big musician someday and, and we want to have your autograph. Stop, and I was like, that's you guys. So cute. It was really cute. That's really sweet. I mean, they probably don't still have the program, but still. At They've least... got that signed in their bathroom. They've got that up. Well, it wasn't there last time, but any, but I maybe. <laughs> they moved it to the library. <laughs> so the other day while I was up in the Midlands, I went to see my partner's grandma who uh, who she doesn't see enough, to be quite honest. Okay. And I was like, we should go see your grandma, uh, who's a dedicated listener of the pod. Is um, she actually? No, but she turns 90 this year. And there was Happy something... B-day. Yeah, and there was something wonderful about being in the presence of an older person. And I don't mean that in a patronizing way to any of our older listeners out there. I mean more that I think a long life brings with it the experience that enables you to contextualize whatever happens to you in a level-headed and more pragmatic way. Does that make sense? hundred percent. hundred percent. Old people are wise. They've lived. Therefore, their lessons and like what they say is invaluable, right? Exactly. I was listening to this excellent podcast with Gemma Stiles and Elizabeth Day. And Elizabeth Day has a very popular podcast called How to Fail or something like that. Yes. Learn to Fail. <laughs> Learning to Fail. How to learn how, how to, to fail. fail. Anyway, in this interview, she was saying that she likes to interview people as old as possible. Like the older, the better. Because the older they are, basically the wiser they are. And mm. like ultimately they're going to have really pragmatic views of the world. 
uh, in the way that maybe a mid-twenties person wouldn't. 100%, like us. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We should cut back to when we're 90 filming this podcast and see, you know, pick out what we said that was total We'll we'll still be doing it. I mean, that'd be like season 300 or something. I'm not giving up, so. That's great. Um, Anyway, Gemma Styles asked a really thoughtful question, I think, which was, have you noticed trends of what matters to people changing as they get older? That's a um, great question. Because I think for us, I don't even think this is because of social media, but we care a lot about appearances. We mm-hmm. care a lot about how we're seen. And I think this is actually just this is just a kind of survival thing of just like fitting in with with your tribe. As Definitely. It were. So I thought I would spend a bit of time this week looking up when you get older, what becomes important to you, (laughs) which has led me down several Reddit rabbit holes. Love that. And uh, I ended up on Cora. And there was this woman called Laurie who has answered 3.9 thousand times and has had 6.4 million answer views. Okay. So people, she's got an audience. She's got an audience. And she responded to this question with the following, and I think it's quite nice. As I got older, my wants and needs often changed. What I thought was important at age 17 wasn't what was important at 25, again at 30, and again at 35. Things I used to enjoy doing 10 years ago don't interest me at all now. I'm glad I did those things, but don't want to do them again. Camping on the beach and swimming in the ocean was something I could do every weekend. Now I'd rather rent a condo with an ocean view and swim in a swimming pool. The big house and the new SUV I wanted so badly and worked so hard to get was wonderful. After the kids left home, the big house became nothing more than work. The SUV was uneconomical, and what I really wanted the most was to downsize both. Now I enjoy my small home, and my little car is a gas saver. I pay to have my yard mowed, something I used to enjoy doing myself, but not anymore. I don't feel the need to go out dancing every weekend, but I do enjoy walking my dog every evening and talking to the neighbours along the way. I always had lots of friends. Weekends were always full, hair appointments, shopping for something to wear for a party, getting stuff the kids needed for school, sporting events, groceries, going out dancing with friends. Today, I don't care to be with my friends all the time. (laughs) This girl, she's been through some shit. I enjoy visiting them a few times a year. For the majority of the time, I enjoy my weekends not doing all that running around. I like to sleep in late on the weekends, maybe go to garage sales or local festivals, or just hang out at the house. Pause. This woman and I would be good friends. Resume. I'm not living the life I did 10 years ago, nor do I want to. I'm enjoying my life now as I always have. I'm sure in five or 10 years time, what I enjoy now will be different to what I enjoy then. It's nice to be able to experience life enjoying so many different things. That is so beautiful. Yeah, so thank you, Laurie, for that. uh... Thank you, Laurie. There's a lot to say out of that, but I think the main take home for me at least is that you're going to enjoy different things at different times of your life and that's okay. That's quite normal, right? It gets very primal. You almost start enjoying the really simple things that are honestly just like rare privileges in life. Like, I don't know, the view of daylight streaming (laughs) through the trees or... Old people are the best. I'm actually going to see my grandparents next week because I had this moment where I was like, almost like this weird intrusive thought where I was like, oh my God, they're not going to be around forever. Like I need to go to France. I need to see them. And it's not so much chore because I'm I'm very lucky to say that they both are quite like together. My mammy cooks a lot. She's always walking, pottering around the garden. My pappy, you know, he's watches TV all day with these really cute headphones and he like huffs and puffs and loves chocolate and is just like me but in a man and he's so adorable but like these are both people who drink like bottles of red and white every day like I'm talking like two bottles a day they consume bread butter food in abundance love in abundance 
they're my abundant cuties and I love them. Yeah, old people are the best. <laughs> but I feel like you have to... They can kind of be annoying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they can. Like, fuck's sake, with the phones, I literally just... Oh, yeah, I'm like, let's stop. <laughs> let's just not try. Yeah, but we're already being introduced to things like the metaverse and I don't think I'm going to be on board. What's that? Exactly. Jesus. Well, I'm going to be one of those grandmas for sure. My grandkids will be like, Mammy, get on the metaverse. And I'll be like, oh, WhatsApp. Ooh. I know. That's, <laughs> Email. That's the thing. I feel like I've already reached my peak. I, I don't want to upgrade my computer for a few years. I, my phone's fine. No, I can't handle anymore. This is it. Exactly. I know. This but is what I mean. This sort of software that we're recording on would be inconceivable to my grandma. Like, I don't oh, yeah. I don't know where she, like, she'd be like, how does it become something? How is this tangible? How does this get onto Spotify? Mm. Whereas, whereas Sab's grandma, who is very very deaf and is mostly blind. She's got an iPad Pro. She gets this machine thing to read her the newspaper every day. Stop. She goes out for walks by what herself. What a baddie. That's awesome. She's she's so tech savvy. Like she will send Sab emails on the regular asking for <laughs> photos from our recent trips. Stop. That's really cute. So cool. I love it. Puts my granddad to shame. Yeah. Come on, granddad. Get with it. But also be cute and stay humble. And yeah. slow down. Yeah, slow down. Slow down. Queen, I've got something to ask you. I could feel no, this coming. <laughs> How much do you need? <laughs> uh, 500. Thank you. <laughs> I want to talk about something that I feel like is a very trending, hip, hop and happening thing. That's a very hip, hop and happening Way statement. Way to describe it. Yeah, it is. And I'm going to tell you why. So gender reveals are like this very Instagrammable moment where a couple announce the gender of their baby. Mm. And I've kind of had mixed feelings about this. At first, like I'll see some gender reveal videos on Instagram and be literally in floods of tears at how beautiful and moving they are. And then when you actually slow down and think about it. You realize it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit warped. Yeah, it is. And the reactions are loaded, I think, because there's mm. always... You can just, maybe I'm coming in with some preconceived ideas, but like you can just tell there's either some like shit when the when the cannon goes <laughs> pink, the dad's like, fuck, not a third daughter. Yeah. You know, it's like that. We're only human. Like I know that there are a lot of beautiful people out there who are like, I just want a, a healthy baby. Whatever comes, I'll, I'll love. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I have preferences myself. I don't know if you do, if you were to have I do, have but I didn't realize I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read something. Okay. And I thought it was quite a good way to kind of launch into this topic. Excellent. Jenna and Nico experienced several pregnancy losses before they conceived their eldest daughter in 2008. They were so excited to finally reach the stage of pregnancy when they were able to know the baby's sex. They decided to celebrate finding out with a party, complete with a cake in the shape of a duck that had a telling pink filling. At the time, Jenna had no idea what the implications of that party would be for her family or for the world. Gender reveal parties are cancelled, she said. I cringe when I see them now. The insane levels people are taking them to just to celebrate one of the most mundane facts about their child is just bizarre. Even when she was pregnant with her oldest daughter, Jenna wasn't too focused on her sex or gender. Her nursery was done in blue and yellow, so it's not like I was trying to create a pink world around the baby, she said. 
But now, she said, she recognises that people are burning down forests and blowing up cars to shout what is essentially a very boring detail. In a post on her blog's Facebook page, Jenna reflected on how her perspective on gender reveals has changed in the past 10 years. Who cares what gender the baby is, she wrote. I did at the time because we didn't live in 2019 and didn't know what we know now. That assigning focus on gender at birth leaves out so much of their potential and talents that have nothing to do with what's between their legs. So I have a lot to say on that, but I'd like to first hear your thoughts. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because that is my first ick about this whole thing. Mm. Is it's like, is it a sex reveal party? Is it a gender reveal party? When we talk about this, do we have to um, caveat all of this by saying that gender and sex don't have to be linked and all of that stuff? If we just shift past that and go to the kind of meat and potatoes of actually, yeah, it is quite a boring reveal and that it doesn't really matter. Um, my friend's sister has just given birth to her second child. In their heads, they might have been like, oh, we've had a girl, maybe a boy would be nice next. You know, one of each. Right, a pick and mix. But like you say, like, why does that matter? Either way, you're going to love the kid. There's almost like, there's so much else that can happen with pregnancy. I'm not saying that there should be this fear, but like, I would assume that 100% celebrate a baby, that's a very exciting thing. But but the gender, like that's, I, I think such a trivial, you know, thing that doesn't need to be announced to the world. If it's a boy, then it'll be a boy. If it's a girl, it'll be a girl. If it's, you know, non-binary, it'll be non-binary. But those things are not important. What What's important is that you're having a baby and that's great and that there'll be a lot of love, hopefully. And I don't know, I just, I would never personally do a gender reveal party. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, I guess a few thoughts come to mind. First of all, I wouldn't trust a baker with that information. So true. And I say that fairly satirically because I'm sure it's very it's a very trustworthy thing mm. uh, that only the doctor and your baker know the the gender slash sex of the baby. Do you really think like how does the process go? What you go to the ultrasound it's like oop no peeking and then you put the thing in the envelope run to the bakery and go now make a six-tiered duck and fill it with whatever sex that is and they'll be like I don't fucking know what that is I can't see the spec. I mean I've never seen an ultrasound so maybe there's like boy or girl at the bottom. Now, having watched several situational comedies, I imagine uh, that it's based on this, which is that it's on a form and, and the doctor says, do you want to know the sex of the baby? And you go, yes or no. And then that's that's just it. Would you want to know the sex of the baby? Here's the thing, right? Would you prepare? You have. I think you do have to prepare for a baby to be born either way. Like imagine that, you know, some people who are really um, superstitious yeah. about things. So they'd be like, we're not going to buy, we're not going to buy a stroller. We're not going to buy a, a cot. We, we can't buy any of this stuff until we actually see a baby because otherwise we'll just have this baby room ready and it's going to be all cute with all of the fluffy toys and then we're going to bring home and oh, it wasn't born. Oh shit, what do we do with this room What now? do you mean it wasn't born like it died? Yeah. Like, oh Jesus, right. You know some yeah. people are like, I, I don't actually want to buy this stuff because it might jinx the whole thing. Right, but that's like not getting married because you think you're going to get divorced. Well yeah, but then I think that's the thing as well. It's like eventually you're going to have to get prepared because otherwise it's like going to the pet shop and buying all of this stuff on your way home <laughs> to find out the dog didn't make it yeah you don't want to do that geez that would be dark so there's so there's that side of it which is like the superstitious thing the other thing is i think it's just another excuse for a commercialized let's make cannons with blue confetti and pink confetti literally let's put loads of pressure on this kid who's already going to be born into a world of climate <laughs> change Let's also force on them that they must be manly or girly or... It's so, it's so not important. It's like, you know, I, I, when my parents, you know, were expecting my sister, 
back in 1994, well, she was born in 94, um, I remember that they, um, mum was getting the scan and they asked her, is the sex of the baby important? And um, and mum said, no, um, not really. And I think they said something like, you know, there are a lot of people who were bought based on the gender of, of their child. Did you say bought? Abort. Oh, sorry. Abort mission. That was insensitive. That was, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I get weird with death. Um, but yeah, as we know, <laughs> Schadenfreude. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was at the time reflective of, you know, a lot of families, you know, of a certain culture aborting their children, right? That's just what was happening in London at that time. Mm. Then by the time I was born, which was four years later, um, things had kind of progressed. And now we're in 2022 and people are fucking blowing cannons and, you know, even just like the culture of like the pregnancy reveal video on Instagram, that's such a huge thing. Um, and personally, I think it's like sharing your wedding vows on Instagram. I think that's such a personal thing. Oh, yeah, good comparison. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like any excuse for unnecessary uh, attention-seeking parties. I mean... <laughs> Cancel surprise party for Dan. <laughs> oh, honestly do. I hate I hate that stuff. I mean, it's Challenge the same, accepted. It's the same reason that most people don't see me on my birthday. I'm just not a fan. I'm sure it's one of those things where, you know, once you sort of take the plunge in your adult life of having a get together with people, you realize it's actually quite a nice thing. Mm. Uh, it's just always been something, I think when I was a kid, like because my birthdays like yours were during the school holidays, um, like I'd, I'd be on a family holiday. They'd, they'd plan it during that time. Um, Australia had different holidays to you. Ah. Uh, Sorry, honey boo. We were at school. Right. Yeah. I've never been to school on my birthday. Yeah. Well. So there we go. So I think that's why I've been conditioned to just spend it with like my family and that's it. Right. But I would never be interested to uh, then do parties. Or reveal afterwards. your child's gender. Yeah. I guess getting back to that, I don't feel the need to be like, hey guys, come around and l look at me while I do this thing. Oh, hey guys, we're having a... Tell me you're having a kid, but... Uh, but I, I don't need to know. I don't need to know everything about it. And you shouldn't care what I think about it either. Because that's the thing. The first half a second is seeing the confetti go up. And the second 10 minutes is looking at other people for their 100%. But also I look at the, I look at the, like the, the mum's often like, oh my God, I'm so happy either way. But you can tell the dad's like internal monologue. Well, this is actually what I was going to ask. What is the best case scenario for the perfect gender reveal party? Well, it depends on that person's choice. Like if they've had, I know a lot of couples have like had three, three boys and they're trying for the fourth time. That's like, they're really wanting a girl. And then you see, that's often the ones where I'll cry. Cause you see like the three little cute kids in matching outfits mm -hmm. and then they blow up the pink confetti and the, the parents just drop to the floor in joy. Like that's quite beautiful. Yeah. But I don't know if there is an ideal because how how would you know what they're secretly hoping for? I guess in that situation, I would want to know the sex of the baby, be told that it's a girl. And then when I bring my few friends and family members around and pop the confetti, it's more for them because they they appreciate as a close friend or family member of me that like that oh knew wow, that you you've wanted been waiting that. for this for so long. Yeah. Not like, so what's it going to be? Oh shit, it's another boy. <laughs> God, we've got enough for half a football team here. Should we end on a fun fact? I thought you would never ask. Queen, I'm going to tell you mine first, just following on with the Japanese theme from last week. Okay. Um, so the Japanese word kuchi zamishi is the act of eating when you're not hungry because your mouth is lonely. Oh, that's I mean, cool. I do this all the time. My mouth often gets lonely, so I need to kind of give it stimulus and company. Ah. You're welcome. And I'm sorry if that was said incorrectly. 
I'm sure it wasn't. You have very good. Oh, you're right. There's no reason Japanese. that it would be mispronounced. Queen, what is your fun fact? Well, funnily enough, my fun fact is also about a word. Oh, okay. Word people. Yeah. And it's that the word hipster goes all the way back to the 1930s. And I mean, it's used these days to describe someone who tries to be stylish and trendy. But the term actually goes all the way back to the word hepster, which was um, to refer to someone in the jazz scene. Which I guess you kind of say with a bit of an accent, like, oh my God, you're such a hepster, you know? Maybe. Yeah, it was misinterpreted. That's it. Wow. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to another voice note. We love having you with us. And as always... If you want to, obviously, no pressure, please follow us on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. And if you wouldn't mind or feel like it, we'd love a rating, a little rating out of five. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you like it, whether you want more content. We'd love a little rating from you. Five stars is always appreciated. I think it basically raises our chances of being put on to recommended <gasps> and of course you can also follow us on instagram at voicenotes.pod simple as that or send us an email at voicenotespod at mail.com you know i can never do that i'm I sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right guys take care see you later bye mm-hmm.